Hello and a warm welcome to you. This is the Young Stroke Survivors podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Stops, and I wear the proud badge of a young stroke survivor. On the show today, we have the fabulous Rebecca Stewart, who shares her extraordinary tale. Imagine this, you're 34 weeks pregnant, it's the day of your baby shower, and you wake up lightheaded with a tingling left side. Migraine? Sleep funny? No, you're having a stroke. This story unfolds like a novel, challenging all expectations of a stroke experience. Rebecca's resilience is nothing short of awe-inspiring, reminding us that life's adventures, much like guiding a baby's growth, are filled with surprises, bravery, and unbreakable bonds. So grab a cuppa, get cozy, and let's dive into this heartwarming story together. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Thanks for being on the Young Strokes Survivors podcast. That's okay, no problem. Would you like to tell me about your experience of actually having the stroke? Yep, sure. So I had my stroke on the 13th of June, 2020. So at the time I was 36 years old, but what makes me very unique is I was 34 weeks pregnant. Oh I woke goodness. up. Yeah, I woke up uh, that morning. It was the day of my baby shower, and and I just I felt a bit lightheaded, like I was going to pass out, and had a ringing in my ear, and and then all of a sudden my left side was tingling. I had pins and needles, and it was real intense. And we spoke to the midwife, and she said, "Oh, it could be the baby sitting on a nerve, and you might need something to eat. So just give it a little bit of time." But it only intensified. So she said, no, I think it's a medical thing. You need to go off. So we went to the local A&E. And we sat there for a couple of hours because they thought it was a migraine. All right. And... I was I was still like a verbal and and things. It was just that the left side was had these pins and needles. So um, you, didn't, you didn't have any weakness or facial droop. No, I didn't have any of that. So none of the classic sort of signs or symptoms of a stroke. Not at all. Not at oh, all. Wow. And they took my blood pressure, and if in, that was actually low, but that was normal for me which is why they thought it was a, more of a migraine because my vision had gone blurry too. So that was the the other thing. So after a couple of hours, I was busting to go to the toilet because I was so heavily pregnant. And I went to get up and I literally couldn't walk. Now I had walked in there fine. I had walked to the bed and things like that. But when I got to get up a couple of hours later, I couldn't. My husband <laughs> took me to the bathroom and we literally were laughing because we were like, what is going on here? At that point, the doctor saw me and and said, look, I need to ring Wellington Hospital because something's not right. The next thing I knew, I was in an ambulance zooming into Wellington. I got to Wellington Hospital, was in there like, it was just all on. There were people everywhere. And and someone said to me, we think you've had a stroke. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Because I, I, I didn't think that that was possible. And You had B, none of the symptoms either. I, like, that's the thing. Didn't yeah. have any of the common symptoms. So it was like, what, what do you mean I've had a stroke? So they took me off and, and I had a, a scan, a CG scan, 
and yeah there was there was blood in the brain and so the specialist said yeah we, it looks like you've had a stroke we don't know what's caused it we don't know anything more than that it was difficult because I because being so pregnant I couldn't do an MRI straight away because of course they, they didn't really know what was going on with the baby and and things like that so I got admitted and I was moved to the stroke ward and that first night was was really it was not good I had lots of doctors coming in because of course they had to check the baby and things like that they were worried that I might go into labor I was to go into labor what would that mean I'd have to have an emergency c-section because they didn't want me to go into labor because pressure on the brain so yeah I was heavily monitored just constantly oh my um, goodness. and it it was yeah it, it was crazy because I I was fully with it this whole time the the only thing that was that I struggled was struggling with was my left side and the fact that it now was completely numb so the pins and needles had disappeared but you but, had no feeling but I had no feeling it was numb could you move um, like could you move your arm and hand and stuff I I could move them yes but it was a bit off and I couldn't pick up anything because you couldn't feel it yeah and and like that and just trying to function my left hand just wasn't working the same right um they did the test on me of like putting my hands out in front and closing my eyes yeah yeah at that point my left arm would droop would drop and I didn't like you don't realize until you open your eyes and and yeah and so I was, I, I spent the first night and like it was a room that had five or six other people in it as well. And, and it was, it was really uncomfortable. I, just on top of the fact that I didn't really know what was going on and I was so pregnant. Like I had to ring the nurse to go to the toilet. And when you're pregnant, you go to the toilet all the time. And like <laughs> yeah. she had to bring in a, a thing for me to like sit on and and well lie basically she would lift me up put this bucket thing under and then and and that was so uncomfortable I was so uncomfortable about that so that was in the ward like yep next to your bed so you're basically peeing next to everyone else that's it oh yep. that's horrible that's ugh. it is it it's it was yeah it was so bad and then the next day they were like look. We've been able to free up a room. We'll move you into your own private room. And I was like, thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah. So that it was really good. They moved me into a private room. And I get over those next few days, it kind of they figured out, okay, the baby was fine and things were fine there. So well, we'll put good. a plan in place for when actually the baby's ready to come. And then in terms of the brain, well, they needed to find out what had happened or uh, you know what caused um, the bleed what caused the bleed yeah. yeah and so so that was kind of the next few days and also started with things like physio came in sort of straight away to to get me up and going and yeah I was just so uncomfortable it was the most uncomfortable thing ever I had nurses come and shower me and things like that and I would have been in Wellington Hospital for it was five days, and then I was moved out to Kinnipuru where they have their rehab. Right. And 
and I was out there for another five days where I just got intense rehab. I was miserable though. I just wanted to go home. I wanted to to be in the comfort of my own home. But the other thing about the rehab was at Kinaparu is that the nurses hadn't had a patient like me. They hadn't had someone heavily pregnant. Yes. But they were on edge all the time because they didn't want me to go in labor. They didn't quite, you know, I was so different. So, so yeah. So in that time, they found out that I had an abnormal blood vessel that had burst. I had had the blood vessel there my entire life. I just didn't know about it. Um, Wow, and and it chose then when you're 34 weeks pregnant to burst. Yeah, yeah. They think maybe with the extra blood flowing through your body when you're pregnant, and at the time I was still working and under a lot of pressure, that just a combination of all of that caused it to burst. So, So, yeah, so in terms of, my body they were saying to me look you've still got great strength in your left side you can move it it's just I couldn't feel it it was dead and and the function of my hand was not great I walking I had to I basically learned to walk again just not feeling that left side but having to look at it and they said oh it might come back we don't, we can't tell you if it will. Yeah, they're very, play very safe when it comes to, to telling you how or if you're going to recover. Cause I remember the same conversation with them and the same answer. It yeah. might come back. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of, I at the time was like, okay, cool. It'll, it'll come back. So I was like, you know, one day I'm just going to wake up and, and I'm hoping the feeling's going to be back or even my vision. So my vision was still blurry. And, and that was really hard. And I was like, okay, it's just going to happen. I, I That's what I was expecting. But then the the physio and the things like that, you got the impression from them, they were like, no, it's going to be like this for a while. And I had a few of them say to me, oh, this is your new norm. And I was like, what do you mean this is my new norm? And I, I had like, that as well. Yeah, and I was like, it's coming back. Like, yeah, yeah. Just thought, nope, it's not my new norm. Don't, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So I, I was eventually, I was sent home because they knew I was desperate just to be at home. And I had an OT come out daily. That basically what they wanted to do was get me in a place where I was then comfortable for when the baby arrived. Yep. Um, I could function the best that I could at that point. So they were working. They sent this OT daily to come out and spend time with me to get my hand functioning, just getting me comfortable with walking around and and that sort of, you know, handling bottles and, and changing nappies and things. It wasn't great. I, I, it was a lot of work and it, it even... Yeah, it was not a fun time. Um, Are you right-handed or left-handed? I am right-handed, which was fortunate. Yes. Um, Very lucky. Yeah, very lucky because, I, yeah, I don't know what I would have done. That would have just made it so much harder. I ended up, so they scheduled me in for a C-section because they just didn't know 
what pressure labor would do and and yeah. there were any more abnormal blood vessels or whatever so they scheduled me in for a c-section and and my little girl came along and she was totally fine oh um, that's wonderful that's lovely yeah yeah and then i started my new journey of being a mum and recovering <laughs> at the same time and at recovering is time. pretty much a full-time job just on its own so yeah. wow you are a superhero <laughs> I yeah I've had to work through a lot of things but yeah I, I get there I get there now <laughs> so, so talk to me about fatigue do you yeah. experience the post-stroke fatigue horror absolutely and still do yep it's just I don't know if I manage it better now than I did but when yeah before the baby was born I would sleep as often as I could when I wasn't, you know, working on the rehab things, I would just try and sleep. And then once the baby was born, I basically slept any time that she did. And I just had to pace myself. I I, I really didn't go anywhere because the fatigue was just so bad. Yeah, uh, I had a and you're dealing with a newborn, and I, I, I haven't had children myself, but I do know um, that having a baby is just a, a full time job in itself, and and yeah. really tiring in itself. And so I can't imagine, Im- yeah, like managing post stroke fatigue with <laughs> with looking after a newborn as well. It definitely was challenging. I was fortunate that my husband was able to take the time off. His boss was fantastic. And so I guess my husband took on a much hands-on job than any new dad probably would ever do, like night feeds and things like that. I just couldn't, I couldn't get up. I couldn't wake no. up, struggled to wake up. And I hear you. Yeah, and so he did all that kind of stuff, which was fantastic. Wow, you have a superhero husband as well. (laughs) Yeah, Your your daughter's off to a good start. She's got great (laughs) parents. Yeah, she's got very strong parents. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Yeah, and and now, like, we're obviously three years down the track. The fatigue is still a really big thing. I have a really bad time of the day I've noticed that between three and five I really struggle a lot with that fatigue thing wow that's interesting because I do as well same time ah that but is I, interesting. I, I always used to have my sort of uh, afternoon low at that time as well so before the strike I would feel you know tired then but now yeah just like you I, I really yeah. feel it it hits me then yeah it's it's a real struggle for me at that time and and I, I, I do rest, but the other thing is is that at that time I usually have to go pick up my daughter from daycare and I have to prepare for tea. So it's quite hard to actually manage that fatigue yes. at that time. But but I just push through and then I get a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did you experience sensory overload at all after your stroke? Absolutely. Glad to hear it. So did I. Oh, yeah. I, it, I, like, I couldn't go anywhere. I, I stayed home 
for ages and couldn't have people around. Or if I did have them around, I would only have them around for a short time because just so much going on and just trying to manage everything as well. Yeah. It was just too much. Um, what about when and- the baby cried? Did you, did you find that sent you in, into overload? Yeah, it, it, at times. She was a really good baby. We were really lucky. It's like she kind of knew she had to be. She slept really well and things. There was only a few times where I remember, like, where she would cry a lot at night. There was a couple of nights we had some really horrific nights and I, it was just like I can't cope. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, this is too much. I can't cope. I'm getting frustrated. Mm. But I was also getting frustrated with the fact I was feeling like that. And yeah. why can't I be why feedback I loop? Yeah. So is it just do you still have that now or is it diminished? Uh, it's it does happen now, like a really busy place or even just going to a restaurant or especially places I've not been since the stroke. So they're new places essentially. Yes, um, I, yes. I, That's yeah. exactly the same with me. It's, mm. Isn't that strange mm. that places you haven't been since the stroke suddenly become new places? Yeah, yeah. And and places where I, I don't really know what to expect Yes, is that the, the – the result of that is definitely I am like I can only get to a certain point and then I've got to leave or I've got to walk away. I've got to have quiet because it's, it's all just too much for me. Yeah. So tell me, now four years after the stroke, have you got feeling on the left side? Are you able yeah. to move more? And what's What's left of the residual left? Yeah, so I have not got feeling back in my left side. It's it's interesting because it it's literally I am divided in half. So half my face, so half half my mouth feels like I've been to the dentist and and I've you know it's been numbed and and it just won't stop. Yes, uh, I have that half, feeling. I have that exact feeling. Nose, yeah. Half my nose, like my head, it's literally split down the middle. So one leg. And it, yeah, no, the feeling has not come back. The movement I'm able to move at the worst thing is my left hand. Still, some of those, I can pick things up, but I've got to be looking at it. And to hold things in my hand, I've got to be looking at it. I've got to really concentrate. Yeah. Um, I am able to walk okay. But again, I'm constantly having to think about it because it's not like I can just be like, just, you know, walk normally. Automatically. Mm. Yeah, because I can't, I can't feel it. And I have to be aware of what's around me because I could stand on something or a slip or all that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. The other thing that has developed since my stroke is I have incredible nerve pain down my left side. Oh, wow. Uh, when it first started, they said to me that, oh, this is a good sign. This means things, you know, coming back. Yeah. So again, I looked at it and thought, okay, cool. I'm going to, you know, have my feeling back. Well, again, I'm going on, you know, coming up to four years and I 
still suffer from the nerve pain and it's not changed. If anything, it's increased. So and- so have you been given any help or advice on A, um, getting feeling back and mm. B, the nerve pain? It, the, the advice about getting the feeling back was just you just got to keep using it and and you know it should eventually expose it to different things textures heat cold you know all that kind of stuff yeah. um, which I do because everything I do I you know I'm, I'm trying like to use it yeah yeah the nerve pain. So I have trialed a lot of medication, which has not actually had any much impact. I am currently waiting to be seen by the pain clinic. It's kind of like the last sort of thing that I can tap into for to see if there's any options. I have learned, though, that something that really helps for the pain um, is exercise. So I have an exercise bike at home, which I can sit on 40 minutes a day just to to ease the pain. I think the other thing, and this this sounds odd, but if I keep myself a little busy doing things as opposed to just sitting and dwelling on things, the nerve pain is actually less. Yeah, it, it is because, of course, doing lots of things, I get very tired. But if I have a day where I actually, I do feel quite tired, but I sit, then the nerve pain is a lot worse. Yes. Yes. I I definitely think that doing something physical Mm. every day, like anything, like whether it's exercise or just going for a walk or anything, um, especially for stroke survivors, is really, really crucial. It really has positive benefits. It, it definitely does. It's been one of the things that has really helped me, not just physically, but with my mind. And Mentally, like, yeah. Yeah, that, that mental health side of things. If I'm really just, yeah, just feeling low about things, because that ha- happens often. Of course. Then if I go for a walk or get on the bike or whatever, I just feel better. You know, it, yeah, it may not take things away, but you actually feel better about well, you have that. Those endorphins released in your brain. That's it, yeah. And I'm wondering whether they counteract the nerve pain. Wow, maybe they do. Maybe they do. It's, yeah, it's a real interesting thing. It is. Um, I found another thing that helped me because I had nerve pain in my hand. Uh, like it's, I don't have it anymore, but I had it um, early on. It was um, a compression glove. Um, okay. And it provided this constant feedback to my brain that, there's a hand here because there was right. love touching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really did help reduce the nerve pain. And I'm wondering whether that might help with your feeling there as yeah. well. If if yeah. your brain's like, even if it can't feel it, it's, it senses there's a compression glove on the hand. Mm-hmm. It might start to wake up or rewire the nerves. Yeah, that's actually, that that's a really interesting because obviously I've got my whole body that is numb, but I do find that my foot and my leg are a lot better than my arm and things and don't have, I mean, they have pain, but it's not as bad. And I'm wondering if that whole compression thing, you know, having to be on my legs all the time walking around has anything to do with it. Now yeah, it's, it's reminding your brain, hey, there's, there's a limb here. Yeah, yeah. 
sort of talked about mental health a little bit. So what's your journey been like? How's it been for you? Uh, mentally, it's been really tough. Not only with the stroke, but we became first-time parents. So that in itself is really yeah, challenging. For all a lot by of itself, that's such mentally challenging. That's it. So so I I did I see a psychologist, which I actually found was really, really helpful. While I I didn't ever get with my mental health, I got down and and depressed about it, but not to the suicidal point because I had a little girl who I needed to to be strong for and live for and push through. And while I grieved a lot for the all the new mum stuff, I I couldn't do it the same. I couldn't pick her up when we were first, when she was first born and and things like that. I I had to work through all of that. And yeah, so I I got a psychologist who really helped me just think about those things and give me tools to to work through it when I was when I was low. The other thing with the mental health and, and stuff is that I suffered big time from anxiety. Was this before your stroke or, or after? No, no, this was after. And this this is around having another stroke. Yes. While the doctors have said to me, oh, you know, your chances of having another stroke is the same as any other person right now. I have no health conditions. It wasn't linked to any sort of health condition. Yep. I still live in in fear of having another one. And because I also didn't show normal signs, any time that I am really tired or the left side just does something that's different, yep. I, I kick into is something wrong with me? Am I having another one? And I think yeah. like all of us survivors um, feel that. I feel exactly the same. One slightly odd little thing that happens to me on, on my left-hand side, immediately I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm having another stroke. Yeah. 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 Totally, totally with you there. And it, it's, it's an awful feeling. And I think I've definitely got better. One of the things I did, I learned, and I – when I was speaking with my psychologist about it was that she said to me, she said, oh, do you share it with whoever's around with you at the time? And I'm like, mm, no, I, I, I do keep it to myself because I don't want to be like, oh, by the way, guys, I think I'm, you know, I'm having, having another strike stroke or whatever, yeah. because I know like my husband, he does live in a bit of fear of that. It's affected him just, as much as has affected me, just in a different way. And so he had too has sits in that is she having another stroke? But but actually, when talking to my psychologist, she said it might just be helpful and give you a bit of peace if you do just say to someone, Hey, look, right now I'm just feeling a little bit like this, and I've gone into this mode of am I having another stroke? Just so that they're aware that that's how you're feeling and might just give you a little bit of peace. And I was like, okay, because then someone else is looking. And yeah. while they're not necessarily focused on it, because but they are at least, you know, keeping an eye on you to see. Yeah, just, just. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, it really does. It really does. And I, and I was thinking as well, I mean, if you were to have that feeling and you hadn't had the stroke, hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't think, oh, my God, I'm having a stroke now. That's it. It It's just because we've had it 
that we're, yeah. we're so you know fearful of having another one that every little thing like you know that happens you know we we think oh no it's going to be another stroke mm-hmm. yeah yeah and totally relate to that i i i've had many nights where i've woken up in in such a panic and and my husband's been like what's going on what's going on and i'm like something weird's happening and 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 so i've learned you know i'm to just calm myself I just got to take some deep breaths and know that actually I'm okay and and just yeah it's some self-talk too just telling it being able to tell yourself actually it's okay it's yeah it's not, I mean it's I mean panic in the body really does feel like something is going wrong yeah like a panic attack you could feel like you're having a heart attack or feel like there's something going on so and that can make it worse so yep. i think it's it's really important to to think oh i'm just panicking yeah that's all it is yeah 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 and that's not easy to do it the, at first like i didn't find it easy to do it first no but, not at all but you train yourself just like you're training your body to to move and function again, you train your your mind to be like, okay, in this time, I'm I'm actually okay, you know. Yep. So let's talk about friendships and relationships with with people. Did you find that they all changed after you've had your stroke? Yeah. So one of the interesting things that I found is that so it was my baby shower the day of my stroke. And to this day, there are people who were invited to my baby shower who I still haven't seen. I hear you. Wow. And yeah. And that kind of like it, I think I've worked through it a bit, but it definitely has hurt. And and I don't I don't really know why. I've tried I've tried to reach out to them and and it's just yeah it's I've yeah, just I, I've had the same and I wonder whether it's their own fear whether mm. they're afraid of seeing you like different now or yeah. whether they're afraid of like that it might be catchy <laughs> and yeah, they might catch sure. a stroke <laughs> yeah yeah I I don't know I there was yeah, it was really interesting. The people who did reach out to me, like the friends that did reach out to me and then the friends that were scared, like I really, the the ones that I thought maybe I wouldn't hear from or whatever are the ones that actually I heard from. And and to this day are, are the, like my true friends as such. And, and it wasn't until this sort of incident happened that I I've really found that out. And it, it it yeah, it, it was a strange time because it was a stroke and it was a baby being born, and I can honestly say that actually I also though sort of hid away for a while because I just was physically and tired and and needed to learn to adapt to this new life. Yeah. Um, so I will say that I also maybe I contributed to that, that whole weirdness in our friendship, but yeah. I'm working, working on that now. I think again, so many people can relate to this, and they're probably thinking, "Oh my God, this is so good. I, I'm not alone." Yeah, yeah, 
Absolutely. Because I, yeah. I, like things you've said, I'm just going, oh, God, that's me. Yes, I've done that as well. Oh, to me too. You know, yeah. it's, and, and it's kind of weirdly comforting knowing that all these things, even even the, the panic, you know, oh, my God, I'm having another stroke, is yeah. is so common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I've definitely learned. So go on. Yep. So, so yeah, I guess I, uh, one thing about the relationships, I think with like my family and things, that also changed as well. Uh, I kind of found like my family were really great. They were there, really supportive and, and everything, and I couldn't have done made it through without like my parents and my my brother and and my sister-in-law and things but I also found too that I sometimes feel like they now have to continue to look after me so the relationships kind of change I don't really know how to describe but it's like they've now got to continue to protect me as such Right. Um, Are they, you feel like they're almost carers? Yeah. Yeah. In a but way. It, yeah. So, so at the beginning, I can kind of understand why they were like that because, you know, I, I needed that. But and as, you're pregnant. Yeah. But as time has gone by and I'm, yeah, I'm not 100%, um, and I never will be, but. I'm stronger and things like that. I I don't want them to feel like they need to look after me still or protect me from things that are going on and just kind of treat me like normal. Do you know what I'm, Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I know exactly what you mean. And yeah. and I think maybe maybe remind them that like look how what you survived. You yeah. know? how strong you were, you, you had a stroke, you're pregnant, you gave birth, you know, all these things that you've been like so successful at doing, you've proven how strong you are. Mm-hmm. Um, have you tried traveling since you've had the stroke? Flying? I have, yes. How, how did um, that go? It, it was a journey. Um, so my husband <laughs> is... Literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. My husband is from Scotland. So all his family are in Scotland and last Christmas, actually it was about a year ago now, he was desperate for our daughter to meet his side of family, which is fair. And and he said, you know, I want you to come. <laughs> it took me a lot to work through. I mean, it freaked me out. I didn't know how I was going to travel. We're talking 40 hours traveling and I've got a two-year-old and I've got all of this stuff going on with my body. Am I going to be okay? So I had to, yeah, really work through that. But I agreed to to go. Now, one thing we did, a great tip, is we phoned ahead the airlines that we were flying. We gave them my situation and we got assistance all the way through. So going through all the security, all of that, we got the assistance and it was just so much easier. Oh, that's a really good tip. Like it's so important to let the airlines know ahead of time. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, they were fantastic about it. One thing for me that I've had to kind of suck up a little bit is I don't like to be looking like I'm weak. So I, I don't want to be pushed around in a wheelchair. But 
for like I had to do that for the assistance and things. And actually yep. I was so thankful to do that. And and okay, that's fine. Push me around because actually yep. this makes it so much easier. Yeah. Um, I've been in this exactly the same situation and, and thought the same way. And, and yeah, the, in, having the wheelchair through the airport through security yeah. is, is a real bonus. Not having to wait through, you know, line up with all the people. They just push straight through. That's it. So the other thing is that sensory overload. <laughs> it was, it oh, was in, in the airport. Yeah, in the airports. At, so we had three different stops going over. Um, and, and so that's, you know, just new environment, planes, people everywhere, looking after two-year-old. So by the time I got to Scotland, I was relieved that I made it and I was exhausted more than just the normal jet lag that you would get. I, I I really noticed the first few days I had to sleep a lot more than, than everybody else. And, but yeah, no, I did it. I, and you can't, when I came back, I was like, okay, I achieved that. I, I yeah, survived. look at the strength again, the strength. That's <laughs> it. And I survived and I was okay. And I could do this again if I needed to, because I now know. Yeah. Yeah. The last three years since the stroke has just been full on. Yeah. And the people that have been around me have been fantastic and have really helped me get where I am now. Wow. Hey, we've just about come to the end now. Is there any final final thing you'd like to say or share? Yeah, I just just wanted to uh, give a couple of tips about like things that I have found sort of helpful along the way, especially with the recovery is you automa- you want things to happen really quickly. So you want to recover really quickly. You want this to happen by this, but actually slow and steady wins the race type thing. And I have found that things are slower, but I am still recovering and things are still getting better, but you don't see it because you want it to happen so fast. Yeah. It's not like a cold or or a broken leg. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And so it's like, but one of the things that I always do is continuously look back on where I've come from to remind myself that actually I'm still moving ahead because yeah. especially on those days where you just feel like you're not getting anywhere and this is never going to change and this is the new norm, as everyone says, mm-hmm. but actually, no, look back, that new norm has continuously changed. It just may have mm-hmm. slowed down a bit. But it will continue to change. I, even when I've watched my little girl as she's grown, she's learned to walk. She's learned to talk. She's learned to use her hands with small things and big things. And I've gone along with her on that journey with learning how to walk and learning how to use my hands with different things and hot and cold. And oh, all that wow. Kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, that's a very powerful journey. And yeah. yeah. I'm very bonded as well for for your daughter and for you. Yeah, and one day that. she'll realize she'll she'll learn all about it, and yeah, that's great. Hey, Rebecca, it's been so lovely talking to you today. 
No worries. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I think I think this is great. I think what you're doing is fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay, bye. Bye.